1: Welcome to the pastor's study. In June of 2015, the Supreme Court ruled that homosexual marriage is the law of the land. And have you noticed America has gone crazy ever since? Shortly after that decision, Glamour magazine named Bruce Jenner Woman of the Year. And then Target Stores announces it's going to let men use the ladies' room. And Kurt Schilling, a baseball commentator on ESPN, said that's crazy. He lost his job. Ben Shapiro is a commentator who said this. Recently we learned that if you don't want your small daughter urinating urinating next to a giant man who thinks he is a woman, you are a bigot. If you are a woman who is uncomfortable with a man who thinks he is a woman with his genitalia next to you, you are a bigot. If you are a religious person who doesn't want to participate in an activity you consider sinful, you are a bigot. Conversely, if you are a man who thinks he is a woman and you want to force a small girl to urinate next to you, you are a freedom fighter. If you are a large man who thinks he is a woman and you want to sit next to a woman in uh, Macy's ladies room, you're a hero. If you are a gay man and you want to force a religious person to serve you, you are a hero. I heard Pastor John MacArthur preach a sermon called We Will Not Bow, very powerful sermon. And he said, what has destroyed America is not ISIS, it's not the militant Muslims, it's the Supreme Court. And he talked about the 1973 decision that we can kill babies in the womb. And he talked about the Supreme Court homosexual marriage decision. And John MacArthur said, We are now living in the days of Romans chapter 1, where God gives people over to their lusts. I mean, did you ever think you would see the President of the United States light up the White House? in gay pride colors, like he did the night of the Supreme Court decision. And then Disneyland, same night, lit up Cinderella's castle in gay pride colors here in liberal Minneapolis. We lit up the 35W bridge in rainbow colors. We gotta be praying, by the time this airs, the decision may be made. But right now, before the Supreme Court, is whether the government is going to force the Catholic Little Sisters of the Poor, these nuns who take care of the elderly, if they're going to force them to be complicit with contraceptives. And if the Little Sisters of the Poor lose, religious freedom is over in this country. I mean, that's what this country was founded on, is religious freedom. We're losing it, folks. I mean you've read of Christian bakers and photographers who've lost their business because they won't serve a homosexual wedding. Well, for this half hour we are going to talk about two kinds of churches in the United States. The churches that will tolerate Jezebel, and the churches that won't. And I'm going to tell you which are which. For instance, I used to be an ELCA Lutheran Church. It became so liberal the congregation I served left. You know what the ELCA decided to do uh, a few months ago? They're going to pay for sex change operations with offering dollars in the church's health care plan. If you're an ELCA Lutheran, that's what you're going to be paying for now. I, I was a guest preacher a few months ago at a church in California. I got up to speak. The second I said a negative word on homosexuality, this whole family got up and walked out. I think they want a church that tolerates Jezebel. (laughs) Well, would you take out your Bible? Let's go all the way back to 95 A.D., the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible written. Jesus has appeared to John to give him letters to seven different churches in ancient Asia Minor. Would you take out your Bible? Turn with me to the second chapter of Revelation, Revelation chapter two, we're going to read about a church called Thyatira that tolerated Jezebel. Let's pray first. Oh, Father, we pray for America. We are in such deep trouble and most people don't even have a clue. We pray, Father, your Holy Spirit would send preachers and teachers and prophets all over our land to call people from repentance, from craziness, to get back to your word. Holy Spirit, speak to us now as we learn about Jezebel who has overtaken our culture we ask that it's in Jesus name amen so before we start let's look at the globe here we live in these United States of America but today we're going to go overseas to here is Turkey right there back in uh, centuries ago it was called Asia Minor and Jesus sends John to seven churches with seven different messages today we're going to look at the the church at Thyatira and what Jesus says. So, back to Revelation chapter 2, starting at verse 18. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God, Jesus of course, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Here's the first lesson today. God's eyes are a purifying fire. God sees everything you do. Jesus said, a bird doesn't fall to the ground apart from our Father. Every hair of your head is numbered. So you know, Christians, we need to develop a very deep God consciousness. And can I tell you what I did recently and it was good for me? For seven mornings in a row, when I woke up, I said these words, God, I believe you will see everything I do today. Can I ask you to do that? For the next seven mornings when you wake up, even say it out loud, God, I believe you will see everything I do today. A father takes a gunny sack and his son into the apple orchard, and he's going to steal apples. And dad looks to the left and to the right, and he says, Okay, son, let's put the apples in. Little boy says, But daddy, there's one place you didn't look. The dad says, Where? Daddy, you didn't look up. God's eyes are a purifying fire. Look at verse 19. Jesus says this to the church at Thyatira, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. Here's the next lesson. It's good to be a serving church. You know, the Church of Thyatira had a lot going for it. In some ways, it was a wonderful church. They were busy serving the Lord. It's good to, if you go to a good church that has all kinds of things serving the Lord, that's a good thing. Many years ago, I knew an old Lutheran pastor, and he was also an evangelist, so we went to preach at a church in Wisconsin. He comes back. Well, how did it go? He said, well, <laughs> the pastor of that church, very Lutheran, he preaches... You can do nothing for your salvation it's all of grace you can do nothing you can do nothing you can do nothing and he said you know what they're doing at that church (laughs) they're doing nothing (laughs) now listen i believe what the apostle paul taught about salvation there is nothing i can do for my salvation it's all by the grace of god by jesus on the cross amen hallelujah but if you preach grace right you want to do something for the lord (laughs) Uh, The other thing to say about verse 19, Jesus is praising them for their good works, etc. Here's the next lesson. Praise before you criticize. Jesus is going to have to criticize this church. Pretty heavy duty, but he starts by by praising them. And I, I know a youth director who said, before you criticize your youth once, praise him five times. Well, let's look and see what the problem was. Revelation chapter 2, verse 20. But I have this against you, that you tolerate. Here's the next lesson. Tolerance of sin is sin. Do you know what the God of our age is? Tolerance. We're supposed to tolerate everything. And if you don't, you're a bigot. You're hate-filled. I... uh, If you go to pastorstudy.org, two S's, you'll get our website, you can watch all these TV shows there. I've also written articles about current events, if you push the Facebook button on our website, you'll get all these articles. Well, I wrote an article, I think, about the craziness of letting men use the women's room, etc. Well, of course I got back. I'm a hater. (laughs) I mean, okay, why don't you use some logic, don't just say people hate if they disagree with you. Use some logic. the sin of Thyatira was tolerance. All right, I'm a Lutheran pastor. Recently, I took a walk through Gustavus Adolphus College in Saint Peter, Minnesota. It's supposed to be a Lutheran college. We don't think so. All over the campus were these posters announcing a. This is these are their, a lesbian dyke, uh, uh, feminist a, le, a lesbian dyke butch queer person who's uh, a comedian who's going to come perform for the students. I'd never heard of this person. She's on some national TV show. So I I went to the YouTube and I listened to one minute of her comedy routine. It was filthy. And I wrote the president of Gustavus Adolphus, our Lutheran college. And you you know where she's going to perform? Inside the big, beautiful Christ chapel. And I said to the, profe- to the president of Gustavus, is she going to say those words inside of Christ chapel? I, I, I've yet to hear back from, from the president of Gustavus, but we live in an age where you got to tolerate everything. I, I will tell you that what my marriage policy has been in my ministry, if you're living together and you come to me and you want me to marry you, I won't do it. Well, oh, Pastor Brock, you're so intolerant. Well, I'll do it if you'll repent. If you'll separate, live separate between now and the wedding. If you ask God to forgive you, let me do counseling. We'll, we'll talk about a wedding. But if you're going to live in sin, don't ask me to bless it. Because to me, it's more important that I love people and try to get them into a right eternity than to make everybody like me. And let's see what they tolerated at Thyatira. Verse 20, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel. Now, this was written about 95 AD. Jezebel lived hundreds of years earlier. She was the most wicked woman in the Old Testament. She was married to evil King Ahab. Jezebel got the Jews to worship false idols, and she was eaten by dogs. So, here's the next lesson don't tolerate false prophets. I will tell you the churches in America that tolerate false prophets. The United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church in America, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the Presbyterian Church USA, and the Disciples of Christ. All these denominations now have practicing homosexual pastors and they're fine with that. And some of them now also have transgender pastors and they're fine with that. Some of these churches pay for abortions with offering dollars. This is called tolerating jezebel years ago when i was still an elca lutheran our liberal bishop brought in episcopal scholar marcus borg to speak to the pastors marcus borg is now dead but he he taught that jesus did not physically rise from the dead i wrote our bishop a letter dear bishop Do we want to promote false teaching and false prophets in our synod? What's going on? And the bishop wrote back, Marcus Borg has a deep Christian faith. He doesn't believe Jesus rose from the dead. I would not go to this conference. My friend Leon went. He said uh, 200 Lutheran pastors were there. And I said, did Marcus Borg deny the resurrection of Christ? And he said, yes. And I said, did one pastor put up his hand to complain? And Leon said, no. That's called tolerating Jezebel. Look at verse 20 again. You tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality. Let me give you the next lesson Sexual immorality is any sex outside of marriage. When I was 11 years old, my mom wanted dad to tell me the facts of life, he wouldn't do it. So when I was 11 years old, I have a clear memory, I'm sitting on the floor in the den, dad is sleeping on the couch and mom's sitting in the chair. And looking back, I don't think dad was sleeping. I think mom required him to be in the room. (laughs) But anyway, mom starts out, Tommy, sex is a beautiful thing. God made it, but wait till you're married. And then she gave me the facts of life. Three years later I'm 14 years old mom and I are in the car she did it again Tommy sex is a beautiful thing but wait till you're married I'm glad my mom did that and let me tell you why when I ask adults did your mom or dad say anything to you about sex when you were a kid I'm going to guess nine out of ten say my parents never said a word mom and dad Grandma and grandpa, you can't afford to do that in this day and age. You better believe MTV is talking to your kids. Mom and dad, have a deep talk with your children about sex. Wait till you're married. Verse 20. Here's what Jezebel is doing. She's getting them to commit sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Let me explain this. There were guilds in the city of Thyatira, if you were a carpenter, you were part of the carpentry guild, and part of that means you go to the temple and you worship the goddess then you have a sacrifice and eat the meat sacrificed to the idol then you'd have your business meeting. And Jezebel is saying well you don't have to commit commercial suicide to be a Christian you can compromise, you can go to Aphrodite's temple, you can eat that spoon, you, know, you, you don't have to mean it, just compromise. <clears throat> Here's the next lesson. Don't compromise in your business. I remember years ago, uh, a man that went to church says to me, well, pastor, you cannot run a business on Christian principles. Uh, this is the real world we live in. You have to bend the truth some. And, and he, he just kept talking and talking. I didn't say anything. But I'm thinking to myself, I'm listening to a guilty conscience trying to justify itself. Do you compromise your Christian faith in your business practices? Look at verse 21. I gave her, Jezebel, time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sick bed. Here's the next lesson. Sometimes God makes people sick. Many years ago, I was dating a young woman, who attended one of these health and wealth prosperity churches, her belief was all sickness is of the devil. All poverty is of the devil. God never makes people sick. All sickness, all poverty, all disease, all suffering is from the devil. Well, we got into an argument. And I basically said, what do you do with a verse like this? God says, I will throw Jezebel on a sick bed. What do you do with 1 Corinthians 11, where the Corinthians are getting drunk on Holy Communion? And it says God is killing some of those people. I think sometimes God makes us sick to get our attention. Um, there's a saying: some people only look up when they're lying on their back. Look at verse twenty-two. And I will, and those who commit adultery with Jezebel, I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. Notice the word great tribulation. Here's the next lesson. Sexual sin will make you sick. Herpes, AIDS, gonorrhea, broken marriages, abortion, emotional scars, on and on and on. If you get into premarital sex, you get sick. I mean, I I want you to understand this. I got a phone call from a man in Texas who sees our TV show, Christian man who's gotten deeply into some awful sin, he's miserable. And you know, that's what the devil does. He takes something ugly and makes it look good and then you bite the apple and you're miserable. You know, I I read this story. Here's a farm boy who has a strange hobby. He can take cow manure and, and make a sculpture out of it, dry it in the sun, paint it, And he he took some cow manure, made an apple, dried it, painted it red, looked just like an apple, (laughs) but don't bite into that apple. And that's what the devil does. He takes ugly stuff, makes us bite, and then we're miserable. Verse 22. I will do this unless they repent of her works. Here's the next lesson. Repentance. Prevents punishment repent means you turn around you change your mind if you repent of your sin You won't be judged and you'll have a healthy life if you want to get into sin and be Jezebel and be like the man in Texas you'll you'll be miserable Verse 23 And I will strike her children dead and all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart and I will give to each of you as your works deserve." Here's the next lesson. God strikes people dead. Back in 1904 was the great Welsh revival. Over 100,000 people got saved. One of the preachers was was named Seth Joshua. He comes to a, a town in Wales to preach the revival, and he notices there are posters up all over town announcing the arrival of the great Seth Joshua. Well, it was mockery. An actor was going to be at the theater that night mimicking and mocking this preacher and and the revival. Story goes, the theater hall was full, and this impersonator got up and held the Bible up and started mocking God and starts prancing around the stage, does it a second time. Third time around, drops dead on the stage. God can do that kind of thing. He doesn't do it often, but he can do that. I will strike her people dead, is what God says here. Verse 23. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who do not learn what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my words until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. Now, what does it mean when it says, we Christians are going to have authority over the nations someday? I'm not sure totally what that means, but here's the next lesson. The conquerors, that is, those who hold their faith in Christ to the end, the conquerors will one day rule. Um, The people who are being beheaded in Iran for their faith in Christ they're going to rule someday. And I get this from other places too. Jesus said, the meek will inherit the earth, Matthew 5. Peter said in Matthew 19, Lord Jesus, what do we get for following you? Uh, you will sit on 12 thrones judging the tribes of 12 tribes of Israel. Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that we, the saints, will judge the world? And we will judge angels. And if we endure, we will reign with him. And then those that are beheaded... Uh, for Christ. It says they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So one scholar said this, in some way not made clear in scripture, the followers of the Messiah are to share in his triumph over the, the hostile nations. Last lesson is verse 28. And I will give him, the one who conquers, the morning star. Now, do you know what the morning star is? Well, we learn later in Revelation 22, it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the bright and morning star. The greatest, last lesson, the greatest reward for the believer is you get Jesus himself. <laughs> Here, here's a man who's dying, Christian man, and his friend comes. Well, Joe, you're you're about to go through the pearly gates and you're gonna walk on streets of gold you're gonna get your own mansion you'll be able to see your mother again etc and the old dying man says you know it's not the gold that I want it's not the mansions I want it's himself that I want do you know what makes heaven heaven you will get to be in the presence of the one who loves you more than anyone else in the universe and you get to be in his presence For all eternity. That is what makes heaven heaven. So to close this part of the show, I think Christians in America are going to be persecuted now. Well, even if the worst happens to us, the best happens to us. If we're beheaded like the Christians in Iran, we go straight to heaven and one day we come back and we win. (laughs) Amen.
2: Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, as long as you've been talking about churches that aren't scripturally right and everything, what should a church do if their pastor is teaching false things? They need to politely
1: confront him. And if, the, the sad thing though, Jack, it used to be if your pastor taught false doctrine, you'd confront him, and if you wouldn't listen, you'd go to the bishop. Well, in the United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church, the ELCA Lutheran Church, Presbyterian Church USA, some of those bishops and church leaders that you'd go to believe just like the her- heretical pastor. So I think it ultimately comes down It's, I think it's time if you're a Lutheran that you leave the ELCA Lutheran Church, join the Missouri Synod or join the free, there are good alternatives for Episcopalians, Presbyterians, there are good alternate churches that still hold scripture.
2: Do any of the denominations um, defrock a pastor anymore? Used to,
1: and Jackie, you and I were in the ELCA Lutheran Church for many years, and before that the 2009 decision for gay pastors, if you were a homosexual pastor, you were supposed to be ousted if you were actively homosexual. Well, some of the liberal bishops were not enforcing that, but some of the conservative bishops did. Now they can't enforce anything because the rule's been thrown out the window.
2: Okay, when we talk about sickness, is that the result of someone's sin?
1: sometimes yes sometimes no in john chapter nine the disciples say jesus who who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind jesus said nobody sinned this is for the glory of god and he heals him so sometimes you can't say jackie the reason you have cancer is because you sinned 20 years ago you can't do that on the other hand sometimes there's a connection if i get rip-roaring drunk tonight and i have a headache tomorrow morning, there's a connection. If I go have sex with 30 women and I end up with herpes, there's a connection. So sometimes yes, sometimes no.
2: Okay, you mentioned that parents should talk to their children about sex. Mm -hmm. I guess when should they talk to their children? Jackie, you're
1: the parent, I've never had kids. What do you think? When do you think a parent should have the talk about sex with their kids?
2: you know i was when you said it i was thinking back and i think it was probably about junior high age when they started hanging around and listening mm-hmm. to friends and that that mm-hmm. were a little bit different
1: yeah yeah <laughs> and i was i was 11 when mom did it and i'm giving giving you an opinion i think because of our sex saturated media i think probably 10 9 where you just tell them the facts of life and then wait
2: till you're married okay your mom did it not yeah. your dad yeah dad though. was dad should have <laughs> okay, so you're, you are saying that the father should do it to his son? I think so.
1: Okay. Mom, take the girls aside. Dad, take the boys aside.
2: We want to thank you for being with us this week. We pray that God would be with you, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time.
0: Thank you for watching the Pastor Study.